If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Today we have Layla joining us. Layla is one of our our students in Newborn Mothers Collective Um, and she is a five elements acupuncturist and what is really interesting about her story is I'm actually hoping we can unpack really a more personal journey with her rather than her professional experience because she's had um, babies in multiple countries so it's really interesting to see the difference in, in postpartum care um, structures and we talk a lot in, in, in around newborn mothers in in terms of like traditional cultural care but another aspect that's really important is the actual systems the government um, funding and the support that exists structurally in different countries and it really does vary so Layla if you're happy to introduce yourself and you and and tell us about you've had two babies in Germany and and one in Australia is that right and uh, one in Ireland yeah yeah one in Ireland yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I had two over the past, my, my eldest is seven or just about to turn seven now. So I had two in Germany, um, with no family around or any supports from that sense. So I was really reliant on the the system that was in place, I guess. And then, and then my latest, uh, son was born, born in Ireland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how was that experience? I'd love you to just kind of step us through your postpartum journeys each time. Well, you know, it was my first baby, so it was my first experience of anything in in Berlin, uh, in Germany. Um, so they have a they have a quite a <laughs> being German, they have quite a system for the whole thing, and they call it Wochenbett, which means bed, uh, bed uh, weeks in bed, literally. Um, so um, there's a, a midwife um, who is who would you know she's a birth midwife, she's medically trained from that perspective. Um, so it's different to a doula uh, in that sense, but she will be with you from um, during your pregnancy, and they'll visit you once a week in in your home during pregnancy and do all those checkups. And then some of them will be there during the birth if you want them to be in the hospital. I didn't have that. Um, I had to have C sections for medical reasons, and I knew that in advance, so I didn't have a, a, a midwife with me. But then from Literally the day you get home, that midwife comes to you every day um, for the first two weeks or so, and then sporadically, you know, it, it eases out, but every, every couple of days and then once a week. For the first eight weeks after, after birth, um, and they have it as they, they, they call it 40 days. So they, they look at the, that six to eight weeks, but they say it's 10 days in bed, 10 days around your bed not leaving your room, 10 days around your home and then 10 days around your neighborhood before you start at all to kind of go back to the world. And they're quite, it's, it's, it's a really well-known thing. You can, it's paid for by your health insurance, your public health insurance. I didn't have fancy health insurance. Um, and yeah, it's, it's part, of, part of having a baby in Germany. So um, yeah, it was, it was quite wonderful. Yeah, I love it. I love that it sounds like they're still in touch with some of their traditions 
in Germany, yeah. there are a lot of kind of, um, you know, Western countries have really lost touch, but they even have the words. Can you say what that word was again that means? Wochen um, bad. So Wochen is weeks and bad is bad. So weeks, weeks and bad. Yeah, and I love it. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, they would be medically trained and everything, but they would also use quite a lot of traditional, they, they would give you, um, which is actually Chinese herbs, but they give you, they call it craft supper, which is power strength soup, which is all these um, Chinese herbs that they would encourage your partner to make into a big stew with a whole chicken and, you know, vegetables or a vegetarian version. And they'd do massage, they'd do belly massage with you. A lot of them would do uh, homeopathy or some of them will do a little bit of acupuncture so they're they and then oh they also have things they're very into it's called quark which is like a ricotta cheese that they might put on your breasts if they're engorged or you know kind of old traditional stuff that they have brought into you know 21st century care and as well do you get to choose who your carer is yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, my, my care, I looked for a while because I just moved to Berlin. So I chose somebody who could speak English and she was half Irish, half German. So you can choose completely who, who you want and will, you can, people often will interview a few people before they. And do you, do you have a name for these people? They're called a Hebama, which translates as midwife. So it's, Yeah, lovely. It's, and are they medically qualified midwives or is it a different yes. role? They are yeah. as well. It, they are. This is what a midwife does in, in Germany. So um, some of them will work in hospitals and, you know, do births and are a part of that medical uh, system. But a lot of them are self-employed or they might work out of um, centers where there's a few of them working together. Um, but uh, they're self-employed, essentially. Um, uh, but they're medically, they're medically trained. You can, yeah. also get, you can also get, which I didn't get, but your health insurance may pay for, or your gynecologist can write you a prescription for um, care, house help after the birth, which would be somebody, a little bit of that doula cooking and that type of care. The midwife wouldn't cook for you or clean or, you know, that side of it or care for your kids. Mm -hmm. um, That's yeah. just amazing. Do you know at all what the kind of political background to this is? Has it always existed or is it something that came about? I can't actually look up that just before our call because I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't come across it yet, but um, it's, it, it comes out of a, a very German system of, of if you look after yourself, you'll be well, you know. So if I have a cold, I'm expected to rest and I'm expected to drink teas and I'm, I'm not taking an antibiotic and keep going. It's a really, you're supposed to care for yourself and then, you know, you'll be better sooner. And it's, it's quite a logical um, approach to things. So it's the same thing with, with this Wochenbed. The idea is, is very logical and it's what you talk about as well in, in the course. Um, you know, it's, it's the time you need to heal and it's a time that you form a family. So the husband is given Elternzeit, which is parental leave. So he'll be home as well. And the idea is you're working out how to form a unit and you're also physically, you know, you're, everything is going back to where it should be in those eight weeks. So if you do that, then it's also a financial thing in a way because then you, you don't get sick later on. You don't get mastitis. You don't get all of this 
Mm, and you're stronger and ready to contribute back to your community a little bit of that yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah. no it's really amazing and did you did you really enjoy that experience as a first-time mother did you find it at all like invasive or interfering or did you just really love it I loved it I had a really hard time with my son he was very colicky and screamed the whole time and all of that so and I had a hard delivery so um it was just a lifesaver. It was to know that that person was coming to you every day. And I, I, I formed a really close friendship with her, with, with my midwife now. She's a, I consider her a friend, you know. Um, so, no, I, I didn't feel it. I know if, I, there's other people who have, who have felt that or other systems in Europe where it's more prescriptive and you can't choose who you have. But for me, it was, it was wonderful. And, you know, I didn't know how to bathe my baby or or anything but it was also about you like she would come and um you know say have you been out of bed today you know we're still in the 10 days in bed you shouldn't be doing all of those things how do we work out get back into bed (laughs) how do we work out that you stay there you know and then she would say I think it's time maybe you walked around your room a little bit and she kind of takes you by the hand and not literally but you know slowly eases you back into the world so for me it was yeah it was it was massively helpful I'm not sure how well I would have done without it so and did you have the same woman caring for you after your second baby was born um I did up until a certain point uh in the pregnancy um so you have them from about six months of pregnancy um but she actually then had her baby her first baby so I I had a, a colleague of hers for the next part um, mm-hmm. yeah. and do they come to the birth as well they can do there's two types um, yeah. the ones who come to the birth are harder to to get hold of because they they have they can only take they can take less people because they need to be mm-hmm. available um, but for me as well all my all my births were c-sections because of I, I can't couldn't give birth so and I knew that in advance so it wasn't such a a, a big thing for me to have her there but they yes. can do they can do um yeah yeah oh this is really amazing and this is really what I think a lot of midwives in Australia and other parts of the world are really craving too I know a lot of midwives I mean midwife means with woman and we're mm. finding that midwives are being so driven into only this clinical role and really not being allowed to be in this con- continuity of care and more holistic supportive role mm. that um yeah, they're actually really struggling with their vocation because it's not really the job that they felt called to do, you know, and they can't really, um, you know, do what they want to do in the system that we have. So I think it's really, it's really amazing. And I think it's something that Australia and probably the rest of the world, um, you know, could really learn from, particularly being able to choose your own care provider. Mm. Um, because by comparison in Australia, you just turn up at the hospital and you get who you get. And, you know, yeah, same with the child health nurse. Yeah, change of shift. Yeah, you just yeah. don't know who it's going to be. Um, yeah. I think so it's a really, really personal relationship, I think. Yeah. Know, it's, yeah. Yeah, for, the, for, for me, I, it's, it's, she's become a friend, you know, and it's, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, you're sharing quite a, a huge time of your life, I guess. And then she was, she was doing this work before she was a mother herself, obviously. She was doing it before she became, you know, in Germany, you, you kind of go into your career after school and that's your career. So she's been in that since her early 20s. Um, 
and she would say herself, and she worked here because her father was Irish. She did spend some time working in Ireland um, as a midwife. And one of the reasons she moved back to, to Germany um, was that she said she didn't feel that she could give the, she wanted to, to work in a, a more holistic manner and with a bigger scope. It's a very similar system here to Australia, I guess. And she didn't feel she could do what she had been trained to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually yeah. had a German midwife for when my second baby was born. Oh, okay. um, and she was the same. She was really struggling in the Australian system. I hired her as a private midwife so she could have much more freedom to offer that continuity of, of care and not just, you know, tick the boxes in the hospital. But same, she was, she's getting to the point where she was saying, I'm actually considering moving back to Germany because I just don't feel like I can really do my work properly here. Yeah. So. That's what she felt. Um, but, but, and then you, you were just asking about, I think for Catherine, she felt, uh, she saw, and she writes a blog, so I read her writing about it as well, that when she became a mother, her way of being a midwife also changed. And actually one of the things that she, she has written about is she used to kind of just tick the boxes of advising about this walking bed and saying, yes, you should, but if the mother wanted to go to the shops or she wanted to have a big party to welcome the baby, she would. But since having her own baby, she's become an awful lot more, not strict, but she's really advocated far more for it and seen what it really does do for you. Um, you know, yes, yes. I hear about quite a lot of, I think it's really dependent on the, individual mother what kind of midwife role she wants to choose but a lot of midwives do have that quite matronly bossy sort of manner about them and it can actually be really appealing at a time in your life when you feel so chaotic and out of control for someone to come in and just say look you know lie down I'm going to bring you some food Uh, you know I'll you know you know I don't want you to have to worry about all of this how are we going to make sure that it gets sorted out um you know so for some women yeah that's actually really um appealing other women they would feel really you know claustrophobic if in that environment but um yeah definitely a couple of my most favorite and respected midwives that I know um have that kind of manner about them and um I kind of admire because I'm not like that myself but sometimes I think gosh that's so cool that she just said you know to said that to someone and I would have been like oh no no you do it your way (laughs) but maybe it's that she would have been better to be told what to do (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 oh that's really interesting um no and it's good to hear as well because a lot of people listening to this podcast will be professionals and a lot of them don't have children themselves because it is something that people feel often is a calling and they want to do this work you know but for some reason you're not allowed to be a doula if you haven't had children yourself you know which is kind of just one of those silly silly blocks i think but um, I think this shows that really, although, of course, becoming a mother would change the way that you work and that you see birth and postpartum and motherhood, at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't be a really amazing postpartum professional before you've had children yourself or if you never have children yourself. Are you loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book designed to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth and my second book newborn mothers was a bestseller i know i can't believe it either it's about baby brain village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting you can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com books
Yeah, no, she, Catherine was, she didn't have children when she was my midwife the first time at all. And she was still wonderful. So, yeah. Mm. So tell me by comparison, um, when you went back to Ireland and you had your third baby, was that a real shock or did you know how different it was going to be? Did you realize how lucky you were? <laughs> I, I did know how lucky I was. I, I did know that it didn't exist in Ireland at all. Um, it was still a shock, even th just the whole system is a lot more medicalized. So I came back pregnant um, and all of my pre prenatal care was, you go into a huge hospital, whereas in Germany, the midwife would come to your home or you would go to a, a very nice, warm kind of yoga center feeling place rather than, you know, next door to the A&E, which is where it is mm -hmm. in, uh, in uh, the hospital in Ireland. So it's a lot more medical feeling. Mm. And so that was a bit of a shock. Um, um, so I did know, but I, I guess what I didn't, and I did hope that I was, I was going to try and get a postpartum doula and just do it myself. And I also had had two kids. I kind of, I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a lot of the, the those newborn questions I guess I, I, I would have my own I'd have the answers to um from having the other two but um I it it just didn't work out for me I ended up having a really tricky pregnancy and ended up in hospital for three months and then the baby came two months early so I I wasn't um I wasn't yeah I was running into the the hospital every day from from the five days after I was released so I, I, I just I didn't manage to do anything um postpartum wise I certainly didn't have my my welcome bed and I really really noticed the difference yeah, it really shows how much this support really needs to be systemic and a social responsibility because yeah. it's a really big ask. If you're pregnant and you already have two children and you're sick in hospital and you're scared about your baby and, and your health and what's going to happen, you really don't have the capacity then to do research and reach out and find the people who are going to support no. you. It really just needs to be built in. It needs yeah. to just be automatic that it happens for everyone. I think in, in Germany, if I had been in Germany, and it did sort of happen to me with my second daughter, I had some issues and I had to be on bed rest for the last 10 weeks of the pregnancy. Um, so you get a prescription written by the hospital and you hand that to your health insurance and they send you um, uh, a help for five or six hours every day. Um, and that's paid for by your health insurance because you're supposed to be resting in bed. Mm. And so if, if the same thing had happened to me in Germany, the same thing would have happened. My hospital would have written a prescription and you can go off and hire your own person. You don't have to have the person they prescribe, but there would have been that support system in place yeah, yeah so because i have looked yeah. after mothers in that situation before when they've been on extended bed rest it's a really difficult time emotionally physically mm -hmm. you know you just can't do anything um you know unfortunately these people had enough money that they could privately pay me but not yeah. everyone is that fortunate it's you know how it's really i think very unfair if a doctor tells you for the safety of your baby you need to be on bed rest but offers absolutely no practical support, particularly if you've already got children, of how you are going to actually keep your baby safe. Yeah. You know, how can you actually rest in bed when you've got kids to feed and 
you know, school drop off and, you know, you've got to eat and shop and no, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it really should just be automatic that if you need to do that for the safety of your baby, then you should be able to access the resources and the support that you need to be able to, to to actually do that. And as you say, being systemic rather than you having to, you know, sometimes it's not even a matter of affordability. You might be able to afford it, but just finding that. Finding it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so tell me the difference because you obviously had a different physical experience because you were more sick and the baby, you know, so there was a lot of factors. But tell me how you did feel during that postpartum period and even afterwards in the longer term. I think, you know, it, it wasn't, it isn't comparable in one way, but I had a really hard time at my, my first son who was born um, and I had a hard C-section and hard recovery and he was really colicky. But mentally, I was, you know, I managed it um, and, you know, it was very tired, but I, I felt pretty able to cope with it, with that midwife support. Um, and this time I was obviously, there was an awful lot, we just moved country as well. So there was an awful lot more going on in one way, but I just far more emotional. I went into overdrive and didn't rest at all. And I got mastitis. I, you know, I, I just, I, I just drained myself, I guess. And mm. emotionally it was a lot more up and down and a lot more, yeah, I just found it a lot harder. Um, and also really, really wanted somebody to look after me, you know, in the, and um, that makes you kind of grumpy or something, (laughs) or, you know, you, you, you want to be looked after and that, that wasn't there. Um, yeah, yeah. because you knew that you deserved that by then, I guess, having had that experience before, you knew what that felt like to be looked after. So yeah. before in that period, uh, you, you know, having that, it's such a beautiful time that just being in bed with a newborn and it is, it's so special. Um, so I, going in reverse and not having that then, um, I, I could just, I, I appreciate the time that I had so much now with, with, with the other mm. two. And I can see you're ready to go out into the world then rather than it being you know, a, a, a challenge. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. And you're, what, 10 months in now? Did you say your youngest is 10 months old? He's just turned 10 months, yeah. 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 And how are you feeling now? Do you feel like you've managed to catch up or do you feel like that missing that first 40 days has had a longer-term impact? Um, I think I'm managing it. If, if I wasn't more aware of what I should have done, if you know what I mean, or what I, I wasn't able to do, and I'm trying to kind of, you, you, have, you can never take, get it back, but just trying to be slow and trying to, to look after yourself a little bit, I, I feel I'm, and even just emotionally processing it all, uh, and even doing this course has been really super for, for that. Um, I feel I'm catching up. But it's taken it's taken the ten months, and I think if I it's, there's not many people would be as aware of it as I was, and without that awareness and without you know 
get really doing some work and giving some time to it, I, I think I'd be still really struggling. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I think that's a big difference, isn't it? If you didn't understand that that getting that kind of support is actually normal, you know, because mm. you'd had that experience in Germany, a lot of people then feel like I am not coping, I'm a failure, there's something wrong with me that I'm so exhausted, overwhelmed, you know, so they turn that all on themselves and they think there's something wrong with them rather than going, hey, this system sucks and, and I deserve better than this. Yeah. Um, you know, because then you can actually start healing from it, can't you, when you have that kind of awareness? Mm. Yeah, and I, I have friends who have had first babies recently and I just watching her breaks my heart, just seeing, you know, a hard birth or whatever and really reaching out and trying to find those systems. But as you say, you're building the, the system for yourself each time. You're reinventing the wheel each time because it's not structurally or systemically in place. So mm. and really hard time, an emotionally really hard journey and, you know, breastfeeding and all of that is such an up was such an uphill struggle um uh because it's all new you know for mm -hmm. them who haven't had a baby before and who don't know that it should be it should be pampered and looked after for that time mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love that i think that idea of being pampered and cared for and, and i mean it's still even a longing that i have in my youngest is mm -hmm. too but i still often feel like you spend as a mother so much time caring for other people don't you and i i sometimes are just like oh i just wish someone you know like if i've got a cold i wish someone else would bring me the herbs and i wish someone else would cook me the soup you know but you know and i do have i do actually have great support compared to a lot of parents because um, my mum's nearby I have a nanny and I have a cleaner and I've got great neighbors we all support each other my husband's awesome all of that kind of stuff but yeah I can really really relate to that urge I think when you know that it that you are worth it and that you deserve it and then actually that care makes you stronger um, mm. you know then it's a very different perspective isn't it that that feeling like no I, I deserve better than this I need more support and yeah. more care and more love than than this and that's why I'm feeling bad and it's not a luxury. I think that's the one thing I took from, from it in, in Germany um, is that it's just part of the system. It's, it's, it's what happens and what should happen. It's what's medically important as well as it, it's, you know, it, it should be pampering, but it, it, it's pampering for, you know, it, it's not an indulgence, I suppose. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's really important uh, to, to, you know, for like you, 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 that quote you have of the 40 days for 40 years or 42 days for 42 years. Yeah, which is, yeah, which I learned from Isha Oaks, but which is common, you know, in so many different cultures. And like you said, they have a similar belief in Germany, but all over the world, this idea that, you know, you invest that time and that care in that adjustment period and that transition um, and it really does set you up to be a really strong mum. And as you've said, it doesn't mean if you miss that, you can never get it back. You know, you can still do it. It just takes a bit longer and a lot more effort um, if it's not just already automatically provided for everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Amazing, Layla. I really appreciate your thoughts. Do you have any last things to share with people? Um. Yeah, I, I think we've covered most things. I, I just the yeah, as an experience, you know, that time was just 
so wonderful and uh you know it sets you up for <laughs> for what's to come and and you know just talking about whether you need to have had kids to be a doula or to have to be a midwife or I, it, it's 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 not about that it's about just you know holding space for somebody while they work out what they're how they're going to be a, a parent and be a mother and anyone can do that and it can be I was talking to a friend of mine and um, you know and she was just saying my her mother did it you know just because she's she's from a her mother is Iranian and that's what they did and so she was there for five or six hours every day for the first three months um, and you know it, it's it it's possible you know whoever you are wherever you are to do it I think and it's it's about integrating it into normality and it's just what happens rather than it being you know something unusual or yes and I think and I think taking it from you having had three children and me also having three children, but I think sometimes for a lot of first-time mothers, if they're not in a culture like, you know, that mm. does support this, if you're in a culture that, you know, you should just get up and on with it, um, you know, then that first baby can be a real shock and you can feel like a real failure for needing support and asking for help. But in actual fact, I think, you know, from our it combined experience of having had, you know, six babies between us, that is really like, it's really essential that you get that kind of help. So, you know, if anyone at home is thinking like, I'm really struggling, then yeah, go out and find that support mm -hmm. network. And it sucks that you have to do that yourself, but it's still, um, you know, it's still important that you do, you know, yeah. whatever you can, whatever's available to you, whether it's friends, family, you know, professionals, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Layla. I have learned a lot. I'm really, yeah, really interested and, and fascinated to learn more and also really passionate about trying to figure out how we can get these kinds of structural changes in, um, in Australia and other parts mm -hmm. of the world as well. So it's really cool to see what's working in other countries. And um, yeah, so we've got something to model it on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Layla. And just tell us briefly as well where people can find you and learn more about your work. Uh, yeah, my, well, my website is my name. So it's L-A-Y-L-A-O-M-A-R-A, LaylaOmara.com. Um, and so that's my website about uh, my work as an acupuncturist and I work with fertility and living seasonally and all that kind of thing. So Great. And whereabouts in Ireland are you? I'm in uh, the countryside in Wexford, so the south of the country, right down the south by the sea. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. So if anyone's listening from there, <laughs> go and see <say> Lila. <laughs> awesome yeah. thank you so much okay thanks a million enjoyed that thanks see you bye bye-bye here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.